so hi one of the good noise podcast i'm shane i'm glory and we're here with hey i'm levi i'm keegan i'm brian uh, and we're camp trash and we're asking some questions today about their upcoming album the long way the slow way so congrats on that by the way how are you guys feeling about the response to the announcement so far it's it's been better than i anticipated i it's people have been very very kind about it um i didn't realize how many people were actually excited for this release besides me so <laughs> hell yeah the album was very good listen to it earlier today immaculate yeah, yeah. oh good oh, that's very yeah. kind thank you yeah yeah of course yeah. Uh, so is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art the cover art is um from like our hometown levi and i grew up in sarasota and then brian was going to high school in bradenton which is just like the city just north of that and so that um the cover art is a photo our drummer alex took of the side of a laundromat um near my high school called lime laundry um and it's like one of these like open air laundromats because in florida you can do that all year round and Mm -hmm. it is in the parking lot of a bowling alley um which is the bowling alley we went to after everyone's high school graduation for a few years i feel like yeah like yours and Noah's and everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just felt like that area and that laundromat and everything was very Florida and sort of captured in an image, kind of like the colors and the vibe of Florida for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just love that little lime on the sign. Yeah. It was a great mm-hmm. fit. There's something very uh, Florida centric about the record. And I think it, it kind of, happened coincidentally but we realized after finishing the thing that a lot of it is about florida and about growing up in florida um and a a lot about the feeling of you know the long hot days um but i don't i have no idea what the what the name the title means i didn't come up with it i know that like the uh the name definitely came after we wrote the and recorded the songs so Mm -hmm. i think it even happened like in the studio we just wanted to like, I feel like everything we did, especially when it came to music, it just always took really long for us to do anything or like to commit to like the things that we actually wanted to do with our lives, like playing music and being a part of these communities. And I feel like we finally committed to it. So I just felt like it was a nice, the songs kind of have that kind of theme too of um, like, you know, pursuit, just trying to, uh, you know, chase this thing that we've always wanted to do. And we're finally doing it, even though it took us forever to do it. <laughs> so I yeah. feel like that kind of theme is throughout the record. Um, yeah, it, there's, there's one part, there's the cassette release that we did um, for the EP, the previous release that we have, has a quote on it from Keegan's wife's grandma, her mom, her mom. Yeah. Okay. Her mom. Um, <laughs> that uh, it just says better than, uh, better, better than never. Yep. Um, and I think at least I'm younger than both of them, at least for Keegan and Brian, there's a, a, seems to be a stronger sense that like in their thirties, it's rather late to get started on a slightly professional music career, mm-hmm. but it, it, we've been met with nothing but support, especially from fans who are older, who are like, hell yeah, you don't have to be 22 to start doing music. You can start whenever you, whenever you want. Um, and it's, at least for these two, it's been a very long, long road of playing music consistently for a decade and a half Mm -hmm. until finally doing something 
uh, yeah. more professional with it. Well, especially on like the downtiming stuff, like we, those are songs we had written when we were 20 and didn't record until we were 30. And then for these songs, like a lot of them, there was like nuggets of the songs that were started in our early 20s that we like finally finished uh, for this record. So um, there's a lot of new songs on there too, but for the most part, it just feels like it's the culmination of like a lot of years of us just kind of like slowly making it happen. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I feel like the record really encapsulates that. So. Yeah, I think it's it's funny that a lot of people who reviewed our EP listed us as a band who came out of nowhere or just like emerged in the scene without much uh, fanfare ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But it feels like we've been around in music for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, it was always surprising to me that people thought it came out of nowhere well but... we were in bands that yeah. <laughs> no it was it, it was not possible for us to be in bands that were less cared about <laughs> it was it was just local projects it was it was just yeah. things we made um we, like, we recorded occasionally when we could in people's living rooms and stuff um but really like the bands that brian and i had like throughout high school and into our 20s existed primarily just as live projects like just a chance to play music with people Mm -hmm. um and never kind of really evolved past that um because i you know we haven't all four lived in the same state in since i guess when i was 18 or something so i've been coming and coming and going um still don't still don't yeah still working remotely for the most part yeah and mm-hmm. i think the the part of that that goes into the i think the record title even though i didn't come up with it is that um for a lot of keegan o'brien's music relationship it's been you know songs compiled by voice memos because they they started playing music together but for most of the career so far it's been you know in different states so you know the the voice memo app that used to come on the iphone i think mm-hmm. still does yeah. was a, essentially a most used recording equipment we've ever had as a band. Um, Keegan and Brian would send those voice memos back and forth and just kind of build on each other. Um, and that, you know, I think that also goes into like the long way, the slow way of creating, you know, the, the path we want as a band. Yeah. I, the long way, the slow way is a, is a title I've had for like several years and um, it's not, it wasn't, um, about trying to encapsulate the record as much as it is like um, that phrase is a jumping off point for me. Like every song in the album sort of comes from that title or is connected to that title. Um, even if it's not literally, there, there's like that idea, just the phrase along with the slowly, which doesn't mean anything like super literal. Um, mm-hmm. All the songs kind of connect to that just that phrase, which has been stuck in my head for several years. Okay. Oh. That makes sense. So cool. Uh, so can you guys tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album? Um, I feel like, like everything we write, um, it always usually starts with just like a burst of an idea for me. Like I'll kind of grab an acoustic guitar or, uh, you know, I, I typically write really fast. Like I'll write songs, um, or at least like the, uh, the root of the idea, like pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I send ideas over to Keegan, who then uh, like kind of lets it bake a little bit, uh, throws some ideas into it. We we actually none of us are like professional recorders by any means. Like we don't we we are not producers. We don't we're not familiar uh, with recording ourselves in home studios. But uh, because Keegan's in Portland and I'm in Florida, 
a lot of writing this record was uh, was us learning how to use Reaper and sending mm-hmm. demos back and forth. Um, so, yeah, I usually just like write acoustic. I'll send a voice memo over to Keegan. Um, he'll send me back send me back something like a just a guitar recording through Reaper or even just using like a drum machine or something. And we would uh, just kind of layer it in and find ways to structure the songs that way because we don't have the luxury of playing together. So we really had to like write the record um, independent of each other. So. Okay. Oh, so I guess the pandemic didn't really have much of an effect on the writing process as you guys already had to do it digitally. Yeah, it was, it was just sort of like our, Brian and I have like always like co-written everything. Like he does the, like, like he, you know, creates all the melodies and does like, like, like he said, almost every song has started with like a sketch of that Brian came up with on an acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really have always co-written everything and before the iPhones or before I had an iPhone or before the voice recording memo thing came standard on phones we would have to get we bought a little um, microphone you plug into the bottom of your iPod mm-hmm. and you record it on that and then you plug your iPod into the computer mm-hmm. you drag and drop that file and then we would email files like that back and forth Wow! and so um, we this is actually even though we're still doing a kind of a painstaking back and forth writing process it's a lot faster than it used to be oh yeah oh yeah we <laughs> <laughs> can imagine uh, the difference here is that we were trying to build out like songs and song structures and with the album the ep were songs that we've had for a long time and they're like pretty straightforward songs like i like those songs and i like the energy of those songs but they're pretty simple song structures because they're mostly about just like getting the idea out and getting the energy out Mm-hmm. And we wanted to write songs that were more dynamic or had more going on um, than just the first kind of pass at it. And so we spent a lot of time kind of like using drum loops and Reaper just kind of trying to reshape the songs and do what we could to imagine them as full band things and not just like acoustic songs that we then added instruments to. Yeah, I think because we always start like for, as like for us, we were always just a live band. Like we always just would join friends putting on shows and we came from a great community of uh, of bands in florida with you know bands like worst party ever and shady nasty and far seek like all these bands that were really talented and always put on shows and we just wanted to join those shows so i feel like in our writing process at least for me i always thought like what would be really fun to just like play in a room with a bunch of kids and like Mm. and so downtime was definitely those songs where it was just like these are very straightforward very simple but uh, but fun songs to to play. And I think for this record, we were really like, how do we evolve that and actually become like better writers a little bit? I think I think the songs are still pretty straightforward, but um, we did try to like, <laughs> we tried to be a little bit more intentional about like, okay, is this actually a good song structure? Is this like, how do we make this better or stronger? So um, yeah, I think that we tried to be a little bit more than just like, here's my best idea in five seconds mm-hmm. uh, you know here, like let's actually think through this a little bit more yeah everything in downtiming was either written by brian in one go or was knocked out by brian and i in like an afternoon it was very wow. like whatever whatever parts are on the album for the most on ep for the most part was a song that we wrote we finished in a day anyway yeah mm-hmm. keegan and brian used to do these these projects where they would they would make an album in a day they would just spend like all goddamn day writing as many songs as they could. And that would be a record. Yeah. You had 24 hours to write like 20 minutes of music or 20 songs. Oh my God. And so we would just get the a couple acoustic guitars and just kind of drive around places in Florida and uh, 
just knock out a song and go somewhere else and pick up beer and knock out another song. And um, it was just, I think, yeah, generating things very fast has always been our method, but we also like really love pop music and like really like, and Brian and I have both recently just been, have been like very, very into like Fountains of Wayne and just really um, the more time you spend with those songs, like that, those are like, that band is like a, a Beatles type band where mm-hmm. they're like creating melodies on a level that other people aren't. And the songs sound effortless. And it's because they're like incredibly labored over. And like, I'm, I'm lately have become fascinated with the idea that like pop music is the hardest thing to write well yeah. and trying to make something that's like catchy and fun and easy to listen to that has some like intentionality behind it or some effort put into the craft of it. Sure. Definitely. Wow. So just constantly evolving. But we're also limited a little bit. Like all of us are pretty basic guitar players. Like <laughs> we're right in your solid middling guitar. You guys. looked right at me when you said that. I felt it. It hit my heart. Um, well, it definitely comes through on the album that like you guys didn't just like write the whole damn thing in an afternoon. Yeah. Good. It, it, the, the songs are great. Mm-hmm. Sure. appreciate that thank you uh, so what song off this album took the longest to write and which one is each of your own personal favorite mm. mm-hmm. the one that took the longest to write is absolutely lake erie boys mm-hmm. because that one took upwards oh, of yeah. six years yeah because that was probably even pre-downtiming uh yeah song that like that was a i was in grad school probably when you sent me the it was a song that brian sent me it has to be seven years ago or something. Oh, God damn. And, but he just kept sending me like a slightly different version of the same song. Like he'd write a second verse or write a second chorus. And it was the same song. It just, every year we go, we got to get back to this song. It doesn't sound like anything now, but I really love that song. Yeah, and like then it could, mm-hmm. be, it could definitely well, be something, but it wasn't there. And even leading yeah. up to us recording vocals for it, like we changed lyrics in the second verse. So like we had... <laughs> Like the morning of. Yeah, yeah. Like the song evolved even up until we recorded the song. So yeah. So I had been like trying to take a crack at it like every 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 year I go back to it and try and do something with it because it was one of my favorite choruses Brian had ever written. And eventually at one point he was like, I think the song is dead. Like I don't know like what there is for it right now. And I don't think I have any other way to put it together. So I just spent like like a fever dream two weeks like that in 2020, 2020 when we were writing it mm-hmm. and was just like, let's just break the whole song apart and rearrange it. Um, and cause I wanted it on the album and I mm-hmm. wanted it to feel like, uh, I think the hardest thing for me is because Brian and I do like write really closely together on everything, but there are a lot of times that Brian sends me something that I'm really afraid to fuck up. Okay. Because like mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like I got sent a perfect idea, and what I what I structured it into was didn't do the song justice. Mm-hmm. Um, our our drummer is walking back from the gym right now. Looks like he may he may come join us. That's cool. Oh, cool. He fits. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> he fits. Um, so from Lake Erie Boys definitely took the longest. Uh, and for me, that's my favorite song on the album because it was like rewarding to see a song kind of eventually unfold in a way that I thought like did the original idea justice. 
Yeah. And it's like one of my favorite things to play live. Hell yeah. Oh, that's good. That's awesome. Yeah. One of one of my favorites is uh, the first single off the record, uh, "Let It Ride," mm-hmm. because we we Keegan and Brian spent a long time trying to make that song something, and the 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 months leading up to recording the record, I flew out to Portland to run some of the songs with Keegan and try and like craft them into. Yeah, the we were trying record. to get some kind of live energy, like getting a room together, and just we borrowed a practice space from my friend Mo yeah. Troper, um, who's a musician out in Portland. And we were like, okay, if we get in a room together and play loud. We've got to be able to figure something out. Yeah. And me, yeah. me and Keegan are both, uh, we both have ADHD. We're prescribed Adderall. So we just got into a practice space. We took some Adderall and drank a lot of coffee and beer. And oh. we sat down with this song that had been really frustrating. And we were both just like, this song just needs a fucking rock. Yeah. And so we just <laughs> slammed against it for a long time until we had something. We just made it so dumber long. and dumber. Yeah. Like all of our yeah. ideas, like play it, play it louder play it more straightforward it just has to be like yeah that was actually probably the one song in the album that idea existed for a long time but that chorus came the quickest yeah i think that we had the idea and then in like 20 minutes we're like this is like what's going to the song be structured around and i i will always think of that the moment where me and keegan are playing it like we had like a drum set set up and a guitar and like two guitars set up and we're just playing the song like this is actually fun this song is now fun it was going to be like a light song before and then it like just slams so good and mm-hmm. it feels like we captured that in the recording, and I love it. Fuck yeah. yeah, that's perfect. I'd say my favorite song on the record is "Feel Something." I think I think the record, all in all, it feels like we had a lot of intentionality with like the sequencing of it, like as if we wrote the record uh, in a way that we we knew it was going to be like this is the first song, second, third, fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, we put a lot of effort and thought into thinking about that, but we didn't start off with that in mind. So like. Feel Something was something that uh, I wrote. It was probably the, it was the last song I wrote before, or for the record. And I wrote it probably like a month before we went into the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just was like, um, what I like about it is that it, it, I think it really caps off the record really well. Like we wanted, this is probably gonna be our last like really like personally emotive record, I feel like. Um, and we just wanted to write something like this, but whether people <laughs> like it or not, we don't know, but it, it meant something for us. And so that song is something that I feel like um i just i enjoy playing it i enjoyed writing it and it has like uh for us levi and i talked about this before but it, um i don't know if you guys are familiar with like the front bottoms record the uh, town mm-hmm. town of the hawk mm-hmm. that like last song on that record i think it's like everything must go backflip i think oh backflip yeah um it just that last song on that record just has such a great emotional like pool um and it just like brings you it, it brings you back into the record but it also mm-hmm. like lets you exit the record in such a great way yeah um it, I, the, the end of that record plays like like the epilogue to a story that had like a really emotional ending because mm-hmm. like the end of town of the hawk has lone star on it, which one of the yeah. most like a heavy emotional songs they've ever written mm-hmm. and then it brings you out with this really light like nothing really fucking matters like that yeah. was hard let's just keep going kind of emotion yeah. and that's really like feel something felt so perfect to replicate that yeah so I, I feel like we did a good job like writing a song that felt like it captured that uh and then it really came together in the recording process where it just felt like such a great like the la- like the last like three songs the two songs before it kind of get a little bit like emotionally heavy and i feel like we exited in a really like fun but still like emotional way mm-hmm. um and it just felt like such a great cap to the record so that, that's that's my favorite i think 
Hell yeah. And I really, I really do appreciate like when bands pay a lot of attention, to like sequencing and like how, how to like exit a record, because I think it's, it's yeah. very important. Mm-hmm. The sequencing was the most laborious process of the album. Actually, we heavily delayed finishing mixing the record because I think we spent two months really banging our heads on the, we had recorded it in a sequence that we'd worked. We spent a lot of time working on mm-hmm. and that as soon as we finished, we got like the, the rough tracks back. I went, this doesn't, this isn't right at all. Like nothing. We knew that Feel Something was the last song. It was always the last song. It was like written. And that's also one of the ones, Feel Something and Weird Carolina are the two songs that Brian sent me that I, that I've never, that I didn't change like anything to. Mm -hmm. I wrote my guitar parts and I just tried to stay out of the way. I think I wrote one lyric for Feel Something. But -hmm. for the most part, both those songs were just like, they're perfect songs. Um, those are some of my favorite songs. And so I just tried to stay out of the way of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, that's clearly the last song. But I spent hours and hours with just a pen and paper trying to rewrite the order in a way that felt like all the songs were kind of leading into each other. And mm-hmm. like that they because I knew they fit together, but the way we recorded them, they felt disjointed. And mm-hmm. so I just tried. We kept struggling to find something that flowed. And we just <laughs> we we had two songs that kind of bled into each other. And I texted the producer, our friend Kyle Hoffer in Orlando. And I said, Hey, we just need to flip reverse the order of these. They just have to go in the other direction. He's like, but we recorded them. And I was like, I don't, it's too late. We, I know in my heart, we did it wrong. We've got to fix it. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm actually happy with how the record is sequenced. And it's something I think a lot about when I listen to music, it's something that I'm really interested in and how albums are put together. And um, I really like the, the kind of rise and fall of it right now. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so, where was your headspace at while you guys were writing this album? Oh man, so twenty twenty pandemic year. I, it's not a pandemic record by any means. I don't want to <laughs> give that impression at all. But I do think we were trapped in our houses for the most part and just like excited to write new songs because Downtiming was a record that we wrote that we kind of leaned on songs in the past, and I. Personally, I was like really off of the um, the songwriting train. Like I just was not really inspired to do anything and write anything. But um, after Downtime came out, it was like it gave a real like boost to me to, to just pick up a guitar and start writing again. So for me, God, Headspace, I don't know. I just felt like I was in a place where um, I had a lot of like emotive songs that I wanted to like that I was working on and writing. And I wanted to kind of get something out that felt like um, the song is not like pers- these songs aren't like personal uh there, there's not there's not like a personal story attached to any of them like they really are more narratives but mm-hmm. i wanted to create something that had like an emotional connection that other people could relate to and, and um kind of like uh project their own like feelings and thoughts onto mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah but i never asked brian what the songs are about because it's like i think it's dumb to ask what a song is about like it's you're not going to get a satisfying answer yeah um and there's not a good answer but I think that we spend um, we, we spend a lot of time each writing half of a story without really kind of consulting the other one, just kind of trying to pick up where the other one was going with these narratives. Um, and I feel like a lot of the songs feel like there's kind of two characters in conversation. Um, it, I, they are kind of like a lot of them have like little stories that we were following as we were writing it. Yeah. 
I'm glad you brought up like it's stupid to ask people like kind of like what the songs mean because like mm-hmm. every single time we've tried to ask that like we've been politely told to fuck off pretty much. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> we right. just stopped. <laughs> yeah, we're done. Uh, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should they play it in the car with friends, dark with headphones on? Should they blast it in a car? What, what do is, you guys personally recommend? How does that end of the year record start? Sit down in a comfortable chair with back support, feet even, evenly spaced apart. Place two speakers equidistant from your head, forming a triangle. Play the music loudly. Don't have a job. Sleep on your parents' floor. <laughs> Owe your band money. Um, <laughs> exactly like that. <laughs> I think perfect. that this is like probably a car record. We, mm-hmm. we wrote this shit to be a car record. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. like so many fucking cars in the songs. And it's like a tick we have. We're just like, we were writing car stories. We were writing a lot of driving stories. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a downstroke writer, and I feel like that just like pedal to the metal, mm-hmm. you know, hand on the fucking wheel, slapping it. That's what mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. Some of my best but, times growing up was like Brian and I would like just put the windows down. It, well, the windows that worked in the Honda Civic, <laughs> like three of them worked, <laughs> and would just play Arches of Loaf so loud and just like do laps around people's neighborhoods and generally mm-hmm. be irritating and. Um, that is like the best feeling on earth. Uh, and whenever actually I heard a record that was really like kicking my shit, like when I was 16 or 17 and heard the mountain goats for the first time, or when I was 20 and two worlds by tiger's jaw came out, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, I would, I would pick Brian up. I would physically go get Brian in the car because that's like the way I felt like listening to music was right. Um, and grow our dad was like, uh, Levi and I, our dad, uh, you know, plays Christian music and was in like a Christian rock band. And a story that I've always loved is that every time they're making cassettes, then like kind of just before the CD thing, and they every time they did a mix, they would pr- put the mix on tape and then they would go play it in the truck because mm-hmm. they were like, if it doesn't sound good in the truck, then it doesn't sound good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I I think that everything li- being listened to in a car is the correct way to listen to music. Well, and also because we ordered uh, way too many vinyl, please listen to it on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's definitely the right yeah. way to listen to it. Vinyl Sorry, yeah. and then the car. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it's a mistake. Ignore what I just said. It is best listened to on the vinyl, which can be pre-ordered at Cat Lucky Stars Records. <laughs> and if you could just assure Keith that we are worth <laughs> the money he spent on that. <laughs> Uh, so this question should be super super quick off the top of your head I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words no more no less all three have to do it oof zoof a word (laughs) can I get away with that no (laughs) bright Mm -hmm. not in a smart way bright dumb and (laughs) um Himbo ass music. Um, bitching. Okay. All right. This is a good start. This is really rough. <laughs> Supposed to be off the top of your head. You yeah, guys are thinking about it to too, too hard. Yeah. 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 So we got one out of the nine words you guys have to give us. <laughs> no, we have two. We have two. Oh, bright, yeah, bright too. Yeah, bright and yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, uh, I think. Um, come on, we could do this. We could fucking do this. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I I don't think it's. I can say it better than like. 
car rock music. All right. There you that's go. Great. That's yeah. Good. That's good. It is definitely music. It is just music. It's rock music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, songs that go somewhere about going nowhere, <laughs> which is not three words, but that's. No. That's good. No, that yeah, makes sense. We'll take it. Yeah. We'll, okay. yeah, we'll hyphenate it. What's wrong? Oh. So I've been, I've been pitching this. I didn't write any of these songs, so I feel very free describing the record. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this record is emo by adults. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Damn. I know we're not, we're not totally in the emo vein, but I think one of the things that makes the record special for me is that we've, we're making music that at this point in time is largely being done by people half our age not half we're not that old no <laughs> just no. younger than by us. a bunch of 12 year olds those 12 year olds but i i think it's special because i think it takes a genre that is typically um characterized by immediate thoughts uh by sharp emotions and by youth and we're essential i mean Everyone who writes the songs are in their thirties. God, yeah. you're old. I don't know how to say it in three words, but I feel like it's hard. Um, I feel like I've always struggled knowing, like what the uh, like what my what I sound like, like what what these songs sound like. Like it's always hard to pin it down. Like I don't think I'm like directly derivative of anything specific, but I think there's a lot of influences that are baked in. Um, that we've I've heard several different people to say that these songs sound like completely different things from one another so um i don't know i would say uh a fun unique bright there we go unique bright oh, you guys did it. A high school superlative uh that's all i got Best round of applause um i i i every words is hard i forgot my answer um uh there was an interview where drug church were being interviewed about like their music because it's like it's kind of poppy hardcore it's not quite like heavy mm-hmm. hardcore but it's definitely not it's like too heavy to be just like rock music or whatever yeah. so they they referred to it as big chord rock <laughs> yeah. like just like loud guitars playing mm-hmm. very loud chords and i love that i think uh, we're just playing loud pop music yeah i think there I are know. pop songs that we are essentially just uh playing as loudly and kind of off the rails as we can um because they're they're supposed to be catchy i think that we don't really I think that we love a song that has a hook that is catchy and it's fun. And that's, that's what we act. We aim to write a song that is fun and that is catchy. I think that is like the hardest thing to do well. And if we do that ever, we're really succeeding in what we're setting out to do. But I think that like, especially if you see us live, like it's, we are playing these songs like they're emo songs, like they're nineties indie rock songs, just much louder. Mm-hmm. And we're just, we play loud pop music, I think. Yeah. I'm changing my answer. Summer car rock. Oh, good. Okay. All right. I, t- I took two of Keegan's words, but That's I think okay. summer is important. It's a summary record. Feel free summary. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so in the same vein as last question, but not too much pressure, is there a certain feeling or emotion you want this album to invoke in your listeners? No. Nope. No? No. All right. Next question. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, so what is your favorite memory that you guys made while creating this album? one of my favorites is when we broke Alex's spirit. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. I, yeah. So Alex really played up for this record. Like the drumming's great on the record, but um, everybody 
wrote parts that were like a little bit because we were writing remotely and we had a lot of time to like structure things and everybody wrote stuff for themselves vocally instrumentally that was just a little bit of a stretch beyond what we're comfortable doing <laughs> so i've really like wrote a bunch of parts that are really hard to play live for me which is awesome mm -hmm. um but alex we had written a lot of drum parts that were like fast and he was writing really cool fills and um our producer kyle was like pretty demanding about like he wanted the hits to be really hard he wanted the drums to like sound really full and and he just kept making him do it over and over again and over again. For long, long drum days. And I was working remotely um, out back and I could just hear the song starting and being started over like 10, 15 seconds in over and over and over. And then I heard like screaming, what I thought was screaming. And I came back out inside and Alex was shirtless. Like, like not talking to anyone just drumming over and over and then they would stop and he would go again and they would do it over and over again and i was like what happened and levi's like we broke alex <laughs> oh my god holy shit one of, one of the my favorite ways you can hear this there's a song that's not released and that probably won't be released for a long time Forever, yeah. um that is that is just one of the most rock and roll songs we've ever written it, we did it kind of at the end and you can hear alex just fucking ripping it's the fastest drums that have ever been in a song that we did yeah the fills are insane and once it gets released you'll be able to hear like this is what unhinged rock and roll alex is like <laughs> yeah we call him rock and roll alex for that whole week yeah i think he even scared our producer he was he mm -hmm. didn't know what to do it's a lot of intensity <laughs> that's insane wow yeah but i there's a lot of cool moments like um the only lyrics i wrote for feel something brian and i did together kind of on the porch like that last morning of writing really uh, like that last week of writing um, and uh, really felt like lyrically the song tied a lot together. And that was really satisfying. And Lake Erie boys, the three of us were on the porch really fighting about a couple lyric changes. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, it was like we had 15 minutes before we really had to start recording vocals because we had a lot to get through. And we really, I think, landed on something that I was very happy with. And it just seemed like all of us got on the same page and had a shared vibe and a vision and like just really crystallized in the last few minutes. Yeah. And what was also really cool is like when we were recording this record, we were releasing downtiming at the same time. So uh, downtiming came out and we were in the studio together. Yeah. Oh, wow. So like we got to like really enjoy like seeing uh, the reactions from people who really were enjoying that record. And like that was really like feeding and fueling the record too, as we were like, as we were recording yeah i was gonna say my i think my favorite memory from that recording process was going outside in like we were supposed to be recording but we went outside because bruce warren was playing our song on the radio somewhere and so we like tuned in and heard him say like like talk about the song for a minute and be like and then he's, he introed it as like uh, this is camp trash and it's bobby and that's the <laughs> And It's Bobby is the greatest thing anyone's ever said. Camp Trash, It's Bobby. Bobby. It's Bobby. Um, but yeah, um, we have never really like released, we never released music on a label. We've never released music. Um, I've never had any music that was on Spotify or anything mm -hmm. at all. So um, being able to release something and see people react and respond to it and it be like written up places. And, you know, it's all it's like, it's all minor things. They're all small things. Um, but it was it's cool we were all just really grateful to that it ha anything was happening at all um we play pretty down the middle we like we like pop music we like indie rock we're not mm -hmm. we're not incredibly fancy incredibly technical incredibly 
we play pretty straight ahead music that I think is easy to get glossed over or ignored if you don't really like the vibe or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And we felt like people heard it and liked it and responded to it and really liked the energy of it and liked like what we were doing. And to have that experience while we were all together was really, really Mm -hmm. fun. That's super sick. That's good. Uh, So for this question, I want you to picture you're on tour. You're at a gas station for a rest stop. You're going in. What is your snack of choice? Uh, Take five, blue Gatorade, Mm. uh, sugar-free Red Bull. Ooh, Cherry Twizzlers. Ooh. Uh, (laughs) uh, Probably a a giant water. Nice. Yeah, it's actually a lot of water. It's weird that it's really hard to get water while you're on the road yeah. mm-hmm. so it's so this, this place is filled with water bottles like empty ass plastic water bottles let's stay hydrated stuff. yeah we're trying yeah. to it's Good. really difficult it's rough out here yeah um for me it's definitely those pull apart peel like pull and peel twiz- uh, twizzlers oh, yeah those mm-hmm. ones that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah that was mine yeah incredible incredible mm-hmm. little snacks oh yeah sure. um so on the topic of food if the band was a dish what dish would the band be and why soup McDouble. Soup <laughs> and a McDouble? McDouble soup. No. <laughs> the band would be burger soup. Yeah. Um, you know, meaty, a little stinky. <laughs> a little cheesy. But really sticks to the ribs. Yeah. They can only want it when you're sick. You know? <laughs> yeah, we're like tomato soup. Like, we're, de- we're really good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. What's uh, generic and widely available? <laughs> We're pizza. Bread. <laughs> We're bread. Bread. Ready pizza. Ah, oh, <laughs> Well, I, let's think we're sticking with burger soup. Yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> we open our burger soup chain <laughs> called Cup of Burger. No. <laughs> oh, no, no. The burger sip. I hate it. I hate oh. it so much. Oh, you sell it into go cups. Oh. No, it comes in. It comes in thermoses. Oh, it's even worse. No, no, no. It's soup that comes wrapped in plastic. Wrapped in a burger wrapper. No. <laughs> it, it spills out immediately. We sell it in soup bags. Oh no. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Awful. Uh, That's awful. Uh, so for the last couple of questions, we're actually going to shift away from music, if that's okay with you guys. Please. <laughs> Great. So we're actually going to go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Burger soup. <laughs> <laughs> that's a meal and a drink all in one, baby. God. God. Oh, is a milkshake a drink? I'll, yeah. It's gotta yeah. Be. Ice right. cream. Oh, my God. We've had so much ice cream on this tour. I am I am an absolute hoe for a good ice cream. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> what's your go-to flavor? Yeah, you could say I'll, it. I'll, I'll, I don't think you can hoe for ice cream. You can hoe for anything, man. <laughs> we had someone tell us they were a slut for hamburgers once. So, like, exactly. you can, you can well, Do I have a soup restaurant for that? <laughs> Uh, um fuck. Uh, th- this is like like just a s- standard answer but um my mom who is a very mm. solid decent cook <laughs> who just didn't i don't think i'll kill you no she's yeah she's I'll kill you she <laughs> makes a lot of things from that that are good but <laughs> okay the, the one the one thing she made for us growing oh actually 
She did make us uh, ice cream cake for our birthday every year, which I'm not sure how she did oh, that. That rocks. Um, oh, fuck. I changed my answer to that ice cream cake. That's a good answer. It's still ice cream. But what my flavor mom ice cream like, cake? Oh, sorry. Casserole that no one can agree on if it's a family recipe or not, but it's just called poppy seed chicken. And it's essentially just like sour cream, cream cheese, and cream of mushroom soup and chicken and Ritz crackers. And it is like the most white person food imaginable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just like it's essentially so chicken good. soup yeah it's, it's a lot of cream back to the soup yeah a lot of cream a lot and of it's, the, mm-hmm. it's the best food alive i'll make some for so me for my birthday good. every year that i'm home oh. these days and it yeah it would be that i think I'm, also the reason that i i think ice cream would be great for me because i'm a little lactose intolerant and then i wouldn't have to experience the consequences oh you're right yeah wait how are you eating so much ice cream on the road but you're lactose intolerant? how does that work yeah we stop we stop at gas stations a lot yeah, just clearly yeah all for you hey yeah sorry have you tried to use a bathroom at a starbucks in tom's river new jersey in the past three days <laughs> it has been occupied yeah, when, when were you guys in tom's time. river because that's about 20 minutes away from me and i'll be i'll make sure to avoid it we yeah we oh got so you know tour got uh, our tour got canceled midway through um mm-hmm. sadly our friend Dylan Spanish love song has got covid and we are kind of just rescheduling dates on the fly just kind of making it up as we go along and my uh, my partner, Raquel, her parents are from the Jersey area and they have a, a little place in Tom's river. That's close to family. They're in Florida, but they have a place here. So when they come, they have somewhere to stay. And she had the presence of mind to give us the key to it before I left for tour. Cause she was like, if you're in Jersey, you have a free place to stay, who knows? And we ended up stuck in Jersey for like four oh, days. Yeah. And so we are now, we feel like residents of Tom's river. Yeah, Levi, you see a Starbucks wreck. We, uh, in Tom's river, we have several, we've been to about, four of them yeah. so nice i think levi's very close to marrying a local waitress designer that's cute good for you uh brian your meal oh my meal uh mm-hmm. probably my mom's lasagna my mom's it, <laughs> i think better than the bradford mom <laughs> as far as cooking goes are you fucking but still me? not an excellent cook you both, <laughs> but i don't know shit bro. like <laughs> like but, what the like we're we're all like from like Irish families like yeah. there's no fucking food culture <laughs> well, I mean my grandma was Italian and she made a killer lasagna that, that at least nice. that got passed on to my mom so the lasagna lasagna and a vanilla milkshake is kind of a weird combo but I'm going out, I'm <laughs> going out. exactly yeah. all right yeah. okay uh so if you could live in one fiction world for a week where would you live fictional world for Toontown oh uh, Westeros uh, Final Fantasy 9 oh good one. Oh, wow that was quick. Um, <laughs> yeah. Toontown? <laughs> Did you ever even play Toontown? No. <laughs> I couldn't get to load on the computer. You said it was fun. <laughs> oh, just um, imagining Toontown. <laughs> actually, you know what? You know what fictional world I'm living in? You know the King's Quest games? Oh. Where you just have the point and click and oh, kind of yeah. finds about and everybody oh, turns into a goblin or something? Great. Yeah. No, now I'm just picturing you in Toontown, like smoking a cigarette on your phone outside of one of the fucking factories. Someone hits you with a giant mallet. It's a cake. They hit you with a cake. Perfect. Uh, Okay. Uh, So I have the honor of asking the last question. Every single person we've spoken to has actually said it is the most important question. What is your favorite color? Blue. 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 
Okay, I have a lot of opinions about this question. Oh, Levi. All right, we're Levi. Gonna... Oh, okay. okay. Strapping, guys. So, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Levi's about to say something problematic about colors. I know. <laughs> We're gonna have to cut this part out. Yeah, yeah. Camp Crash canceled for their hot takes on yellow. <laughs> I've decided that having that I don't have a favorite color. Y'all can have your opinions. That's fine. I don't have a favorite color because I think colors are all relative. They only exist as relative to each other. That's they such an old person answer. Context. Fuck. No, Levi's um, a big Joe Rogan guy. Hear me I'm out. Joe Rogan. Was, hear me out. <laughs> you, you know how like like music. People ask like, "What's your favorite note?" If you're if you're like a fucking opera star and you're like, "I like this C note," like, great, I I can believe that. But ev- for everyone else, music is rel- it only matters in relationship to everything else. And this is also Levi's life philosophy. Ah, I God damn it! <laughs> Every color only matters next to next to a different color. It's all about relationships. So I I don't think having a single color can matter because blue can fucking suck next right. to like a light brown. But like in most, I mean, blue's great. Blue blue's doesn't suck like, next like to a light brown. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah that Flowers works. Yeah, Does they, it? No, like, I, a, like a putrid brown. I like the answer of it, like only exists in relationship. That's like a great sentence standalone. Yeah, yeah. Should only should only exist in relationship. Cut everything else out and just leave that part. Just, no. <laughs> just without context. Without. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole interview. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, on that note, uh, that is all the questions we have for you uh, guys today. Is there anything that you guys would like to plug? Um, our album, The Long Way to Slow Way, comes out July 1st on Count Lucky Stars Records. You can pre-order it um, and you can also get some merch. Our drummer, Alex, does, does a lot of our merch designs and they're great. And we also will be announcing soon plans for an album release show in florida um we are currently working on you know making sure that we have shows for the rest of this week until we play so what fest in dallas but we are also playing so what fest in dallas on the 29th which is a sunday all right so excited Uh, for you guys well thank you um i i want to plug i so i speed run a game called hades Mm -hmm. and i recently achieved a 723 on so for my weapon, that makes me the second in the world, second fastest in the world. Nice. Oh. Um, We're talking to a celebrity right now. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way you can like go look at that or support it in any way. I just want everyone to know about That's it. That's very cool. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. We can cut that part up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you for oh. selling this, guys. I, oh. I'd also like to plug the song <laughs> Hanging Over by the band Poblano. That's Levi's old band. It's a good song. Um, it's a really good song. And uh, I don't think there's any way for us to make any money off that at all. But I, it's a good song. You should listen to the song Hanging Over by Poblano in honor of our dear friend Riley Hawkins' birthday today. Mm-hmm. Who recorded that song with Levi? I'd also like to plug a diner called let's, Jay's. Let's just plug <laughs> Levi because Levi is great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's a diner in Tom's River called JB's 57 Diner. I want to shout out Nina, the waitress there. Uh, she's hey, you're great. getting married to? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I also want to plug El Unico in Union City, New Jersey, where you can get an incredible plate of Cuban food for like six bucks. Um, my wife's mother took her there for a hundred years because it was a place that she could speak Spanish to everyone. And like the food was so cheap and they have never raised the prices for some reason. Mm-hmm. We go on every single tour we go on. We find a way to get there. Uh, I want to plug the Starbucks next to Planet Fitness in Tom River, <laughs> oh New Jersey. That's the best one. It's the best one. Good count. 
unfortunately, guys, we do have places to be. Um, <laughs> so, uh, thank you. Fuck for- <laughs> a different podcast. <laughs> you better <laughs> delete the interview, Shane. It's over. Um, well, thank you for styles, guys. This has been uh, Camp Trash, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast.